This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Ruger, Rugged, Reliable Firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Calling as Calls Made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Taurus, maker of the Raging Hunter and other fine handguns. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. David Fox, thank you for that absolutely great opening. Welcome to another session of DSC's Campfires. Last week we visited a little bit about when we were in New Mexico on a hunt for coyotes. Uh, absolutely a great time was had by all, uh, including the coyotes who pretty much escaped unscathed out of all this. Apparently most of the coyotes in that part of the country were somewhere else compared to where we were, but nonetheless we had an absolutely great time. That's, how can you not have a great time when you're out there and you're in the in the beautiful part of the country where Oh my gosh, there's so many things to look at. We saw a lot of elk, we saw mule deer, we saw pronghorn antelope, saw a fair number of birds, a fair number of birds, meaning in this instance, some golden eagles and also some ravens, and then one big bunch of blue jays. We did take down one coyote, as we talked about, and called up, you know, two or three others. Now, the fact that we didn't call up any more coyotes tells me there were not very many coyotes or bobcats on that property at the present time. Now, they're a big cattle ranch, and once those 
cows start having calves, those coyotes will start moving back into that country. And I suspect, kind of as Gary alluded to, or may have mentioned the fact that we probably had some uh, nearby ranches where they were calving. And I think that's where many of the coyotes went. I remember several years ago, I was flying a big ranch down in South Texas, uh, down in Star County, just off the border of the uh, Rio Grande with Mexico. And we flew this one pasture where there were about 200 head of cows that were calving. And out of those 200 head of cows, we saw and saw, actually saw 52 different coyotes. So I suspect had we flown some of the adjoining ranches that we probably wouldn't have seen that many coyotes, even though there's a huge coyote population in that part of Texas. Had the opportunity as well coming back after hours on the road, many hours on ice and snow. The, the roads were extremely bad from the time I hit Texas, which meant a long drive home to where I live. And then from there, went immediately after taking a shower and changing clothes to the uh, Houston Safari Club convention that was going on. I think this was their 40th or 50th year of, of doing so. And and what a great convention I'm sure they had. I only got to be there for just a little while, but uh, it was there Saturday night for their banquet. Had a great time visiting with folks, and one of the primary reasons I wanted to be there Saturday night is because Miss Kaylee Stacy, who is the daughter of Russell and Mary Edith Stacy, and Russell and Mary Edith are both very, very involved in DSC and many things there, but Miss Kaylee was... I think, uh, I can't remember, she, I think she's probably a sophomore now in, in high school. Or She was awarded the Houston Safari Club's Youth Hunter of the Year or Young Hunter of the Year Award. So congratulations to Miss uh, Kaylee. She is quite the young lady, very, very articulate. The, the talk that she gave afterwards when receiving the award was absolutely out of this world and spot on dealing with 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 what hunting and conservation is in today's world so miss kaylee congratulations you have no idea how proud i am of, of you for receiving this award but beyond, way beyond that how proud i am of you for how you conduct yourself and how you handle yourself around others particularly of your same age and then also with adults uh you continually impress me so Congratulations. I know this is just the beginning of, of many, many more things that you'll achieve hitting into your future. While there, too, I had an opportunity to uh, spend a little time with Tim Fallon, who has the FTW Ranch and the Sportsman's All-Weather All-Terrain Marksmanship, and talked to Tim a little about some of the future things that he has planned, particularly relative to the new hunter program that they're going to continue on the FTW. We did, I think, Four, somewhere between four or six of them last year and I was involved there to discuss wildlife biology to show people how to take an animal apart essentially to, to gut but also to uh, to do some skinning and caping and then also talk to them about the physiology of, of the uh, white-tailed deer or the exotic that was shot in terms of which, what the different uh, organs are, and what their purposes are, and and what can be learned from them, and and just a little bit of little bit of everything having to do with the the animal and the animal biology, not just the animals that were on the ranch, but others as well too. So I know Tim is looking forward to to doing more of those this coming year, and 
if you're interested, uh, I would strongly suggest whether you're a long-time hunter or somebody just even thinking about hunting, that you get in touch with the FTW. And that's the, it's www.ftwsaam.com. And there's a, a page there that will tell you all about their new hunter program and, of course, all about their sportsman all-weather, all-terrain marksmanship training and safari courses that they have. And just an absolute, the finest training facility as far as I'm concerned on the face of the earth when it comes to do with anything with with hunting anything having to do with firearms uh, I've been a long time shooter actually pretty much all my life and and the one thing I've noticed over the years I've been to the FTW many times and every time I go I, I learn something new I learn something new about about the guns and know something new, new learn something new rather about optics about firearms about myself as well and my capabilities with a particular firearm at, at varying ranges one of the things i truly appreciate about the ftw as we've discussed in the past is that they'll teach you how to shoot out to a thousand yards very very accurately but in so doing they stress the point that they're not into long-range shoot hunting they're into long-range shooting and basically what that means is that they want to want you to be able to hit that target from a thousand yards on in and then when you're hunting they expect you and hope that you will crawl as close as you possibly can before pulling the trigger because if you have confidence in the ability of hitting a shot at a thousand yards 750 500 yards when you do crawl to within say 100 yards or less you know you're going to be able to make that shot and put that animal down as quickly and humanely with that first shot and that's something that we all as as hunters regardless of whether we shoot firearms or archery or anything else need to to try to accomplish every time we we, we go hunting if we we're going to take an animal down let's put that animal down as quickly and humanely as possible and let's show that animal great respect for having provided his life for our sustenance because I've often said, people sometimes forget, but all life on earth depends directly or indirectly upon the death of another organism, be it, be it for sustenance or food, or in terms of vegetation, having that vegetation die or an animal die and those nutrients being put back in the system. So if you're on the face of the earth today, something died so that you could be here, and we need to be respectful of, of those things. With that said, I also had the opportunity to visit with a bunch of other folks there at, at, at the uh, at the Houston Safari Club. And the Houston Safari Club is kind of a, a sister organization of DSC. We try to help each other out wherever we can. And our, their director, Joe Bitar, uh, for Houston Safari Club, is, is an old friend of mine who does an absolutely fantastic job there. And he and Corey Mason have, have been working together a little bit more closely here in the recent year or so of trying to see of different things that we might be able to help each other out on as far as conservation organizations and brothers or sisters, if you will, kind of thing. So really proud of that organization. I'm a life member there as well, too. And of course, a life member of DSC and, and a few others that where we all kind of help each other out to try to increase the awareness to conservation and that hunting is conservation. And without hunting, there cannot be any conservation. It, it's very pure and simple to that fact. And little bit by little bit, more people, I think, are becoming aware of that. Uh, I got a question not too long ago. I just did a blog for uh, several different groups, including Hornady and DSC and, and a few others, that uh, 
basically said, uh, how, how did COVID affect hunting and all those things? And the good thing, as far as I'm concerned, is even though there's some horrible things revolving around COVID, is the fact that people finally started realizing that Food does not just come from the grocery store. It has to be produced and has to come from somewhere else. So we've seen a tremendous increase in the in just in the last year of both hunting and fishing license in every state of the U.S. And I suspect the same thing can be said and hold true for other parts of the world, too. People are realizing that, hey, uh, it may come down to the fact someday that if I'm going to try to feed my family, I had better learn how to fish. I'd better learn how to hunt. And not only that, I better learn how to take that animal apart and how to support hunting so that I can legally do so should that time ever come. And then in the process of that, also greatly support the conservation. And conservation meaning the wise use of Preservation really doesn't accomplish anything, as I've said in the past. Conservation does. It's the wise use of, use of the habitat and of the animals that exist there and to make sure that we have those animals not only at the present but into the future as well for those who follow behind us. It's one of the things I love both about the HSC and, and DSC and the message that they present in all this. And it's so very important that we maintain that and continually promote that message through so many different things. And, and going back to HSC and DSC both, they were extremely well attended this year in terms of, of people who came from all over the world and locally and people not only, not only put their money where their mouth is, they put their money to great projects that are, are, are looming in the future, particularly with HSC and, and DSC in particular as well, too, with our DSC Foundation, where our job is to make money so that we can give away more money to well-vetted, extremely well-vetted, I should add, projects, not only here in North America dealing with wildlife, but across the world as well, too. Uh, the three prongs of the DSC mission are conservation, education, and hunter advocacy and, and wildlife advocacy, if you will. So those were kind of where the money goes. HSC is, is very similar in that respect as well, too. Both organizations do a great job in, in terms of educa education, if you will, and promoting education and supporting it through dollars to various groups and scholarships and so many different things that go on there. But it's so good to see a lot of the folks while I was there. It had uh, been a while since I'd been at the HSC convention just simply because generally the dates were something where I could not get there due to other conflicts going on of promises I had made before I realized what the dates were. Had the opportunity to, while I was there, to spend a little time with uh, with Miss Karen Mihal Phillips and her husband Phil Phillips, Miss Karen and I go back to many years ago, and uh, not maybe that long ago, but uh, several years ago. And she first started with the NRA, and we were doing the Great American Hunters Tour back when, where we traveled throughout the country, and and three of us, and gave programs, very nicely done programs, I should add, uh, in different towns across North America. Or uh, that's not true; it was across the. USA, but uh, and then Phil and I go back to a time when he was an outfitter, and I uh, took care of some ranches up in the very northwest corner of Colorado, and that's where he outfitted primarily for pronghorn antelope. So 
we've kind of known each other for a, a, a rather long period of time now to remain friends. And thankfully, Karen now, too, is a member of our DSC Foundation Board as of uh, our most recent election. And uh, so we get an opportunity to, to spend a little bit more time together than we have in a long, long time. And that's what I really appreciate about uh, some of the things I get to do is the people I get to be around and the people I get to visit with. And spending time there at the booth at the Hayden Outdoors. Hayden Outdoors is a huge real estate company of which Phil is a, a member of. And I think Miss Karen will be in the very near future. I think she just got her real estate license as well, too. And I bring that up for a reason, because starting in March, with our first podcast in March, we're going to add a segment to this podcast called Conservation Today. And Conservation Today will be about a one to three minute oh, segment, if you will, that uh, we'll talk about a great variety of things having to do with, with wildlife, with having to do with, with buying a ranch, what some of the things you should consider, or maybe even leasing property, what you can do if you have property or if you have access to property, including sometimes in your in your backyard or maybe just a little flower pot that you've got sitting on the back of a, uh, a, a little porch in your apartment because all of us who plant anything or who have any appreciable amount of of soil that we have access to, we too are wildlife managers. And so we're going to look at those kind of things, what the urban people can do. And they'll be, like I said, there'll be a one to three minute segment, both Phil and, and Miss Karen and Brandon Houston and Corey Mason and Luke Clayton and numerous others of, of people who I deal with, we will be uh, doing a, a, those short segments. And the beauty of those is not only will we have them on our podcast here on on dsc's campfires those same although maybe not in the same sequence those little vignettes if you will will appear in a sportsman's life the tv show that i do with luke clayton and, and jeff rice which appears on the uh uh carbontv.com network. We've been very fortunate in that. Uh, our show has been very highly rated there and has been one of the favorites each month and really appreciate that. And I think part of that comes from the fact that it's, uh, hey, we, we film it like it happens. If good things happen, that's great. If we make a mistake, we film that. Hopefully people can learn from those mistakes. But uh, also, it, it's very timely. If, if we do the a, a show, if you will, or film a hunt or a fishing trip or something in particular, generally, it's going to appear within two weeks. It's not one of those things like for so many years when I was with uh, – more traditional TV. We'd we'd hunt all during the fall, and then it was the following year, fall, that those shows became uh, available for people to look at. Well, a lot of things can happen during those time frames. So, with this, it's almost an immediate thing. And Jeff Rice does an absolutely fantastic job of putting these shows together. So, this the segment that we're going to be calling Conservation Today, brought to you by Hayden Outdoors, is uh, is going to be as I mentioned, not only here on the podcast each week, but also each in every show that we do for Sportsman's Life, and that begins in in the in the, with the first show of March. Jeff, with our show, uh, a Sportsman's Life, we generally have at least one show per week. 
And I say generally because there are a couple times where, where Jeff had a little bit more time, I suppose, where he could produce two shows, and we've had as many as two shows per week. So it's always something new. It's not one of those things that uh, that you see once and you go, oh, God, same show. Well, sometimes the opening may be the same, but beyond that, uh, it's pretty much different every time. And and the guys I deal with there are, are, are so fantastic. And I'm really proud to say that, as I mentioned, that Hayden Outdoors is, is going to be a sponsor there as well, too. So had a great time spending time with, with, with Phil and Karen and, and talking over old times, hunts that we've kind of done together. We've talked about some of that pronghorn antelope that we both chased up there in the, that northern part. He is his guide and, and me as a biologist. I, the, the ranch that I worked on up there, we tried to do a lot of different things to try to improve the habitat for for the pronghorn that were there. And not only for the pronghorn, but we also had a fair number of sage grouse, which have become kind of a rarity across a lot of different areas. But uh we we set up different grazing programs that were very conducive to making certain that there was adequate habitat, food, water, cover for the the, the birds that were there and for the the uh, pronghorn that were there. And of course, we had a fair number of uh, mule deer up there then too. And as our elk population increased, the mule deer population kind of went almost to the wayside. They're still there, but when you have those really harsh winters as you have a tendency to have in that very northwest corner of Colorado. The elk, if for no other reason, simply because their longer necks and their their longer legs can survive in situations, particularly in, in bad weather, and then what maybe can the uh, the mule deer and in the process of them trying to survive well, they're eating basically the same food that those uh mule deer might be doing. So it, to me, it all comes down to managing and managing properly and in terms of habitat, in terms of animals, and, and hoping that you'll have a good mixture of both mule deer and whitetail. And one of the ways to ensure that to happen is primarily to just make certain you do a lot of different good habitat work in providing supplementation of vegetation, if you will, uh, and proper grazing techniques when it comes to cattle operations as well, too. And then, of course, proper harvest as well to get those animals, some of those older age classes, to be sure that there is going to be adequate reproduction. And that also means some predator control. And kind of started this thing off a little bit. We talked a little bit about being out in, in uh, the foreign New Mexico there and, and trying to help with predator control. And, and that's a big part of things these days. So very often... Our predator populations, and part of that, I think, comes from the fact that fur high, the furs, fur, fur market has been down, so hide market, if you will, and uh, not many as many people are, are hunting coyotes and bobcats for the fur and as they had in the past, and some of the other lesser predators like raccoons and, and foxes and those kind of things. But while those really have a bearing on some of the small game species, the things like coyotes and bobcats and mountain lion and black bear, they too are predators. And do they need to be eradicated? Oh, heavens no. They need to be controlled so that there is, so those animals can, that are born, do have a chance to survive. It, it, I'd hate to have a world without predators, but there are times that I'd really like to see the predator population be controlled a little bit more than what it is in a lot of places because 
Oh, Lordy, I, well, I love listening to coyotes and, and seeing bobcats. Uh, I, I also really enjoy seeing white-tailed deer, mule deer, pronghorn antelope that, that I too can eat. And sometimes I feel like I'm out there competing with those coyotes for, for food. And, and uh, so anyway, they, they need to be managed. They need to be properly managed. Uh, the world without coyotes would be a, a sad world. Same with the bobcats. But certainly we could have a few less and, and maintain somewhat of a, an equilibrium between predator and prey when it comes to relationships. Uh, often people says, well, let's, let's just let nature run its course. Well, what happens when that goes on is the predators will eat themselves to where there's hardly any prey species left. Then those predators die off. Well, as the predators die off due to starvation or diseases caused by overpopulation, then the game population comes, starts coming back, although slowly. And then little bit by little bit, the predator population builds up again. And the next thing you know, the predator population is so huge that it's starting to take out way too many animals. And then the prey situation goes back down. So it becomes a very much a, a cyclic thing. And when you manage, uh, conservation again comes down to the wise use of. So basically the, the ideal thing is to maintain that population of game animals, of non-game animals, of predators, all related to habitat, to what that habitat can support in the worst of times. And, and that's where, where management comes in. And, and uh, mentioning that, uh, I've had Brandon Houston with uh, H3 Whitetail Solutions on the on our show here a couple of different times. And in the future, you're probably going to hear a whole lot more from from uh, from Brandon. Uh, Brandon and I have formed a partnership to where I'm now partnering H3 Whitetail Solutions, a consulting company that deals with whitetail deer, but all the other game and non-game species as well. The one thing I really enjoyed and appreciated about Brandon is in discussions early on about any of this kind of thing was his commitment to habitat, habitat being the, the, the big concern in all that. Yes, we need animals. Yes, we need this. But it all comes down to making certain that habitat is of the nature such that it can support non-game species, game species, some predators, songbirds, all those kind of things. And as I said, that's one of the things I really enjoy and appreciate about Brandon because with him, like with me, it starts at the bottom. It starts with the soil and, and works its way up. So great to be involved with, with Brandon. We'll soon have a website up called h3whitetailsolutions.com. And I have our phone numbers there where you can get in touch with us. You know, years ago, I started out as a wildlife biologist, and, and for years, I uh, was the technical assistance biologist for South Texas, uh, which meant that I worked with landowners and hunter groups to set up management programs, not just for white-tailed deer, but for a little bit of dealing with everything from cattle operations to grazing, but again, going back to the habitat. And so that's kind of my background, and, and from that, I ended up had, had my own consulting company for a long time. And spent many years of, of setting up wildlife management programs for a great variety of species here in, in North America, but also abroad as well, with always emphasis on the habitat and, and all that that can bring. Because I learned early on that the more diversified the habitat, the more diversified the wildlife that's there, and the healthier that wildlife is from 
Oh, the wildlife, including everything from things that live in the ground to walk on the ground to live in the water to fly to in, in any and everything in between as well, too. So really looking forward to, again, getting out in the field with, with Brandon. And, and uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, like I said, I would strongly suggest you do. If you have any questions about wildlife management or wildlife management program, yes, we do charge for some of our the, the things that we do. But you're also going to find that through a lot of things that, that he and I are doing, Brandon and I are doing, we'll be doing a lot more different writing and, and there'll be different sources and once we get into the the March side of things, I'll start giving you some some places that you can go to where you can see these blogs. And of course, you can always send me a question, regardless of whether it's about wildlife management or hunting or guns. I'm not much on archery, but uh, just simply because I don't hunt with a bow and an arrow and, and very little bit with a crossbow. But you can always send me a, a question to at Larry Wysoon Outdoors on Instagram or Larry Wysoon Outdoors on Facebook. And uh, I'll do my best to, to respond to you. And, and there too, you can send me a private message if you like, and we can handle it that way too, because I'll check those periodically. I'd, I'd be very open with you. Miss Stephanie Murphy does most of my uh, social media, and she'll be working with us some too on the uh, H3 whitetailsolutions.com website and those kind of things so that uh, but she is really good about getting me any kind of questions and sending me an email saying hey Larry you got this question to answer it would you please answer it and I'll either do it directly but a lot of times too I'll, I'll send it back to her and then she'll disperse it to the individual that asked about it or if it's on social media so it will appear on, on social media but I want to get back for just a little bit on this uh, conservation today by Hayden Outdoors. Hayden Outdoors, as I mentioned, is, is a huge real estate company that covers pretty much North America. Uh, the one person I'll be working with more than the rest of them is, of course, Phil Phillips. And, and Phil has uh, has facilities and a home, if you will, both in 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 southwestern Colorado, but also uh, here in Texas, just just north of, of San Antonio and in uh, if you have any questions about real estate, uh, there's not much that Phil can't answer. Phil may not be a, a certified wildlife biologist, but I'll also tell you that he's had tremendous experience when it comes to anything having to do with wildlife and anything having to do with cattle operations. And uh, He's learning about the exotics here in Texas now as well, too. And Miss Karen's kind of the same way. She's she, kind of from the Northeast, uh, but uh, she... She spent a lot of time throughout different parts of the world and, and learning, and uh, she was long involved, as I mentioned, with the NRA and as an editor. So between those two, that's a pretty good combination and when it comes to any kind of resource that you might need. There can be your resource having to do with wildlife and hunting as well, too, and anything having to do with property. Um, but I'd strongly suggest that uh, send me an send me a neat, send me a. Uh, send me your name on uh, the, at Larry Weissing Outdoors and I'll transfer it immediately to uh, Phil and, and Miss Karen over at Hayden Outdoors and, and I know they'll get back, back in touch with you as soon as they possibly can. On the way there, sometimes they are on the road quite a bit going back and forth from Texas to Colorado. So if you don't hear from them, if they, you do have a question, primary reading is because I really haven't had the chance to respond to you yet, but they will. 
a lot of other good things happening as we move into the future. We're really going to try to concentrate a little bit more on uh, the, the wildlife side of things, as, as I mentioned, in terms of, of the conservation, in terms of wildlife management. And, but don't want to get away from the hunting and fishing. I've had so many opportunities over the years to, uh, to do some hunting and fishing, not only here in North America but elsewhere, and I want to relate some of those stories moving this forward as well, too. Kind of like we're just sitting around the campfire and, and, and telling tales. And hopefully as, as we move into the future, we're going to be able to do that. I'm, I'm setting up a studio, too, in LaGrange, Texas. LaGrange, Texas being, gosh, let's see, it's on the Colorado River. It's a little bit farther, it's kind of halfway between Austin and Houston, maybe a little bit closer to Austin. But... Um, I've got to set up a studio there at the uh, the Crown Bar, which is just right outside the uh, the Courthouse Square, and it's a it's a place that uh, I don't get to spend very much time in in that. But uh, I've got a partner in that or two in, in that bar, and it's just an absolutely fantastic old two store building and very comfortable, uh, beautifully set up. My daughter is. Uh, a designer and she set this thing up and we have periodically changed it a little bit so that it, it looks the same but it looks different somewhat as well too but love for you to get to uh, to to visit there if you get a chance uh, we're on instagram we're on facebook called the crown bar and and uh it kind of fills you in on what's going on there we, we do occasionally live music we do occasionally have some uh giveaway food out back if you will a uh, small game that we've, we're looking at, uh, and a few other things. So a lot of good things going on there at the, at the Crown Bar, too. And then as this is going to be released, I will be at the NBS show, which is the nation's best sports show. It's a dealer show uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, it's held twice a year, I believe, maybe three or four times. But I know it, there's a fall show and a, and a, and a early spring show and it's it's open only to to uh, dealers if you will but i'm going to be there representing the trhp outdoors which i'm a part of as well too and if you're not familiar with trhp outdoors please go to that plus.com to the website and i think you're going to find some absolutely fantastic information we're working now on not only making sure that there's shows you our products that we have available but also how to properly use them um, talked in a in a uh, uh, conversation with with brandon houston a little bit about keeping deer on the property and you know some places where particularly if you have kind of like mine it's, it's a relatively small place and not that i want to keep those animals away from the my neighbors uh I would like to keep certain animals away from the neighbors so that they have an opportunity to, to grow up a little bit more and to get a little bit, maybe a year older. But there's some products there that can be used with uh, from TRHP Outdoors that will really keep those animals closer onto the property and, and uh, also in the process learn a little bit more. And how to do that can be found on that website, TRHP Outdoors. We're going to come back next week, and, and uh, I'll have a visit with uh, several old friends. And as kind of we've done in the past, occasionally you'll have one of these like we're here where it's basically just, just me talking and maybe me seemingly rambling, trying to cover a whole bunch of different sides of 
of uh, the things we're involved in and the things we do. But uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you listening. And, and I would so very much appreciate if you would tell others about uh, our, webs- our, our website, about <laughs> actually about our podcast and, and where it can be found. Of course, at Waypoint TV and, and, uh, dot com and, and several other places, almost anywhere where you can find podcasts. But, and I would dearly love to hear from you. We, we did a question and answer not too long ago in, in two episodes and, I've gotten a fair number of questions since then, and here before too very long, we'll try to do a little bit more of that. And then, too, like I said, I've got a bunch of old friends, new friends that I want to try to bring back on to the uh, the podcast, and kind of let them tell you what they've been up to, and and uh, all those kind of good things. But to me, I want it to always be an atmosphere like you're sitting around a campfire, or we're sitting across the table at the Crown Bar there in LaGrange and, and uh, just telling stories. So look forward to you joining me here again next week. And like I said, starting in March, we've got a few new things happening to the podcast. And we're not that far away from it right now and from launching that new approach that we're taking. And uh, we're not going to be that far off the old one either. But just a few little things we're adding that I think will make the podcast a little bit more entertaining on occasion and certainly also make it a little bit more informational. But thank you so much for being with me. And I can't wait for our next campfire session together. See you next week. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfire. DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by the Texas Wildlife Association. Working for Tomorrow's Wildlife Today, TRHP Outdoors, Kenetrek Boots for the Trails Less Traveled, Voight, the finest in hunting gear, Pyramid Air for all things air gun, and Ripcord, Rescue Travel Protection.